You're listening to Fear the Nth Cast. I'm Josh. I'm JD. And we've made it to the mid-season finale. We did. Of season two. We've arrived. There's hype. There's hype. I'm so hype. I'm Are hyped. you? Sure. Well, do, I, I, do I sound hype? I don't get hype. I, I stay hype. Right, well, this is as hype as I get. <laughs> Are you hype because of the episode? Negative. Really? No. Oh, man. Then I think we're going to have a first here. I think so. On the good old Fear the Nth cast. We're going to have a differing of a, of opinions. Well, it's, it's nice to, to see that because I'm sure people were starting to think that we were just being contrite. And, and like of, always, always agreeing of the same mind. Mm. But now we're going to show both sides of an argument. We've done that before. Oh, and it, oh. <laughs> Wow. And that worked out. <laughs> Boy, did it. Don't. Yes. No, go listen to Star Wars versus Star Trek episode. What number was that on? Oh, dude, I don't remember. Nthcast. I don't remember. In the 50s, I think. Yeah. It was like- I remember Adrian from Adrian Has Issues. So like an Nthcast decides to break the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think we're going to break the internet. No. This go around. <laughs> Probably not. We've already done that once. Um, but I think that. Like the title of the episode, Shiva, or Shiva, yes. And actually, you could go either way. And I actually have some thoughts on the genius behind the naming of the episode. Very smart, yeah. Because you can go about the smartest thing the writers did this episode (laughs) two different ways. Okay, so we should just you know fire it up. Just go. Let's pull the bandaid off. (laughs) Okay, let's Let's, just get right into it. Okay. Uh, because like we did on that Star Star Wars versus Star Trek episode, we hemmed and we hawed because we just didn't really know how to start. Just like you don't know how to press the play button on my iPad. Touch screens and me have a problem. What, do you have a dead finger? No, I have really <laughs> greasy skin. Oh. No, that's true. not it at all. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Why do you have greasy skin? I don't know. See, I think I just... I, How much fried chicken are you eating? I had uh, not very much. It, it, the, the oil just exudes from my see. It's it's my pores. It's my pheromones. That's why the ladies like me so much because there's pheromones oozing all the time. Is that why the bees are swarming around <laughs> yeah. you too? And mosquitoes love me. <laughs> mosquitoes love me. All right, so you know we've established. I think yes. you didn't care for the episode necessarily. I didn't hate it. I just didn't. I, I wasn't thrilled by it. I think that it might be the best episode of the whole series so far. Wow, that's how much I enjoyed. That it. is a stark contrast there. It is qu- quite the contrast. <laughs> uh, I like. The, I love the opening. It was a callback to uh, the episode where Daniel was tell- telling his story. Was that episode three of the first season? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was three, where he was right. talking to Madison. He was talking about well, how about the how, men in his village and how his dad's a fool. Because yes. he's in fear. I get that. And so I, you knew it was a dream, though. I oh. mean, it's, as soon as, it, like, Ophelia's like, Papa, I'm I tired. I'm I can't, tired. I can't, I can't come can't. on. <laughs> but, I mean, they did a good, it was creepy when she reaches her finger in through her cheek and pulls her skin away. I'm like, okay, this is, this, this gives me hope for this episode. It's going to set the tone, a dark tone, creepiness. All right, let's go. Let's ramp that up. I'm cool with that. And then it just went down from there, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I, uh, okay, so uh, one of the things I loved about this episode was Ruben Blade's acting. I thought he did a phenomenal yes. job in this episode, especially, I'll skip ahead, but 
especially when he was tied up in the chair and mm-hmm. he was talking with uh, Griselda. And they were reminiscing about, about the some past. of the atrocities that he had committed mm-hmm. and how he was the first victim. That, sure. that was that was impactful. Well, yeah, because I, I think that was a good scene where he didn't realize that he was the first victim and actually going through it and thinking through his life. He's like, you know what? I was. It was me. They made me do things at an age that I was yeah. unable to control. And that I liked. Okay. I mean, I think there's redeeming qualities to the episode for sure. But overall, I, I just think it missed the mark a little bit. So Celia is not happy well, with Strand. Of course not. <laughs> and I don't know. She she irks me. And that's maybe one of the reasons I don't like this episode. It's just I, every time why? I see her, I just want her to shut up. Why, why, do, why do you find her irksome? Well, I mean, why doth she vex you so? I don't know. It's just so, <laughs> so ham hand. Like later at the funeral when she's like, you know, we raised their, I raised their son that they didn't pay attention to. He was my son. Blah, blah, blah. And we, we've forgiven everybody for the decisions they've made in the past, except for you, Strand. We're not going to forgive you. Except for you, Madison. We're not going to forgive you. Except for all these people that weren't here. I forgive us, but I don't forgive you. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's nice. It, how, how nice of her to have forgiveness in her heart. For certain people. Well, while on one hand she has forgiveness in her heart, but she's also a serial, uh, a, a mass murderer. Absolutely she is. <laughs> so, like, I'm hmm. justified in my actions because all we protect our own, but the rest of you, <laughs> the rest of you peoples, um, no no I, luck. I was just helping them cross over into the next phase. Right. Well, this is the new, the new them. The start of inter- eternal life, which actually, if you think about it, kind of true, kind of, except for at some point, your body's going to decompose to where I think you turn into dust, but that may be years and years down the road. But sure. you could conceivably go, okay, I see the logic in that. Yeah. You crazy bitch. You crazy, <laughs> crazy bitch. Um, but, so, but played well. I think the yeah. ac- actress captures this. Sure. She's this matriarch that has a lot of respect, and I think she cares for the people that are under her care really does want to protect them. And in a way, she kind of mirrors Madison in that sense that she's just trying to protect her own. Sure. And if you get in the way, you got to go. Right. And then, and I like the way Madison started off the episode with Strand and standing up for him. And she's like, what, do, what is he to you? And she's like, he's my friend. friend yeah. I like that. Um, and to see a kind of a change in Madison and what, how she, you know, she views Strand as more than just someone that helped them get to where they're going. She's a friend. Of his, and he, she cares for him. Good for her. Branching out on her family, friend circle, whatever. I don't think. I don't think Strand uh, return. No, no, because he says that later. <laughs> and he's like, "Let's not confuse what it was. I needed help. You needed help, right?" But then you know, Chris and Travis. Mm. <laughs> okay, mm. I want to hear. I want to hear mm. what you have to say mm. about good old, Mm-mm. good old Chris. So Travis, Mr. Sees- Travis. Travis sees Chris out in the little fields, and Chris turns around, sees, and then Some runs might away. might call that a vineyard. A vineyard, yes. Grape, grapevine thing, grow thingers, whatever. A vineyard. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> and so Travis sees Chris, and Chris takes off. So Travis, being the brilliant Travis that he is, the one who thinks things through, for some reason doesn't have shoes on. 
and just tears off across this field, knowing that he's way behind and he's not going to catch up instead of going and putting shoes on. Mm. It's just strike one. It just, I don't understand. And then I don't understand Chris's motivation for running away. It's just abrupt. It's like all of like they kind of try to explain it later in the episode, but I don't think they do a good job. It's not abrupt. It is abrupt. No, it's been, it's been brewing since season one. But no, you, I, I strongly, strongly disagree. He well, that's fine. You can be wrong. No, I'm not wrong. <laughs> I mean, because it's it's been in like two days. Two days he's gone from everybody. Uh, you know, I'm fine. I'm part of the family. I'm okay. I've got a little bit of thing too. Everybody thinks I'm a monster. He hasn't been part of the family since season one. Sure, he has. No, he has not. Yeah, Liza no, was has, there with his mother and his, with Travis. He's there. been abandoned. His mother left him to go help the military doctor. He his father. Uh, he he already had a strange relation with his father, but he doesn't father. think that he's crazy. He doesn't think that he's crazy but, until this until this episode. It's and, been like two two days. He decides that I'm a monster, and he saw the reflection in season one. He saw the reflection. Nobody wanted to believe him. Okay, mm-hmm. and so this goes along with this whole misunderstood. He's forgotten. He's misunderstood. He didn't get to tell his mom goodbye. Sure. I get that, but that, I mean, he thinks that he's a monster all of a sudden, and he's and that feels abrupt. He's a product of divorce. He, of course, he th- he thinks that, that a lot of things are probably his fault that aren't his fault. He's neglected. He's misunderstood. Okay, I get that he's misunderstood. He's but- actually having feelings which are not unlike that of an addict, which is, I am a monster. I am no good. Yeah, but it's just abrupt. It feels abrupt. There was nothing, there was little hints of it, and all of a sudden it's like, I've gone crazy, I'm going to hurt you. You've never had a friend or family member do something, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Sure. Of course, that's the same thing. Yeah, but it feels abrupt. (laughs) I'm saying it. It's supposed to feel abrupt. Yeah, (laughs) no. But it's not. But there was no explanation. There was no. They've been explaining it. No. they, They haven't. They haven't. They've, Thirteen episodes. They've done a poor job if they've been explaining. You just it. haven't been watching. I have been watching. I've I don't understand why you don't. I've seen see every this. episode. Wait, and then he. But I mean, look at this. He goes and he takes his kid hostage to threaten him, and then he tries to stab his father. That is abrupt. That is poorly explained. That is why I feel like this change that happens in him is not done well. Where did he get the gun? Where did he get? I don't know where he got the gun. I don't know. Where the hell did the gun come exactly. from? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. That's why, like, like I said, I, I see, I, I agree with you that I see him going that way and feel, but to go to where he would hold someone and threaten a child's life and then try to murder his father abrupt. He's scared. Cool. He's lost his mind. Got it. Still people do things that are out of the or Once you take a life, okay. it changes you. I can see that. I can see that, but he was helping someone ease their passing. <laughs> that, that was not what he was doing in his mind. Yes, it was. The, for the one on the airplane? Oh, I'm talking about Reed. Okay, but the first life he took is where it started. Mm, yeah. And that one he was helping to ease sure. that guy's pain. Sure. Sure. But, I mean, Reed, that was that was a start towards crazy, but not... Oh, towards, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. I just didn't... With the, trying to kill your father and holding your a kid hostage for no reason, nah, I didn't. Just felt out of unnecessary and okay, not just too too fast, too big of a change, too quick. Well, I'm sorry you feel that. Way. That's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, he really should have taken the time to put his shoes on. He absolutely should have. You I mean, he, 
Chris had enough time to tear off. I mean, he was well af- far enough ahead. You knew you were okay. He's at least half your age. You're yeah. not gonna catch him. You're gonna have to catch him with your brain, right? And you're gonna have to wait till he slows down, and you're gonna have to figure out where he is. You have time to go get your shoes, yeah, absolutely, or at least do. a pair of flip flops, like if you well, something, if you, yeah. If you see your kid running, put away. some zapatas on, exactly. please, <laughs> exactly, right? And the, <laughs> that, that hmm. oh my god, he's ah. Uh, that was a little ridiculous. A little bit. A little ridiculous. A little bit, for sure. <laughs> so, and then the scene with with the, like we talked, okay, we kind of jumped around. Yeah, that's Chris fine. taking the kid hostage. Like, Travis, why would he go in this house? Like, was there any clue or hint? Did he hear any noises? Uh, he, heard, he heard noises. Right. Yeah. And so he goes in there and, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. You talk for a second. Well, I don't know. I, no, 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 go. Oh. <laughs> Were you talking about the the guy that doesn't speak English? The guy has a branding iron. If if your Wait. kid is being held hostage, what you do is you pick up Travis, you walk him out of the house, and you say, "Go." You don't talk to him. You don't give him shoes. You don't give him crap. You like get out of my house. Go away now. Maybe that's what I do. Yeah, but you're not this guy. This is true. So, I mean, I I get where you're coming from, but well, like I mean, but you they needed th- this was they needed this to move the plot forward. I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> but, but to move the plot forward, <laughs> I get that, but I, I'm just saying like if someone's got my kid in the other room held at gunpoint and they're like I don't want him to find me, right. you need to get rid of him. You best believe I would be pushing you and throwing you out of my house. That would not look suspicious. Sure, that's fine. But we know speaking English, you'd be like, you know what? I don't trust anybody. I don't want you here. I don't know you. Get out. Maybe the guy just felt bad because he saw he had bloody feet. (laughs) I don't know. That's his own fault. (laughs) That's absolutely his own fault. (sighs) Oh, well. Nick, Nick. What did you think about this? Nick? Yes. Well, bringing back... Uh, Nick is doing what he's got to do so that his family... I understand his motivation. Oh, absolutely. That, he wants his family to to, to have a, a, a sanctuary. Yeah. And that's the thing you got to remember is they've been on this boat moving toward this place where they felt would be sanctuary, mm-hmm. and it's turning out, out to not be that way. And, of course, later on in the episode, we, we see their sanctuary literally and figuratively go mm-hmm. up in flames. Yeah, I mean... Um, but Nick's doing what he has to do to get them to stay. Yes. And he has a connection with Celia. He does. Uh, some would say Celia has gotten to him to a degree, yeah. but I wouldn't say completely because he's still well, Nick maybe, trying to justify his family as be, still being good people. Right. He doesn't quite agree that them killing the walkers or cold ones, dead people. Not dead people. Their, their names. Use their names. Don't call them infected or yeah. dead. Um, they're not dead. They're not dead. Okay. Yeah, right. Clearly. Well, t- technically, he's right. They're not. They're undead. Right. Well, and then Celia's like, is this the face of death? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not the face of health. That's certainly not your son <laughs> no more. It's certainly not your son it's, no more. Take a step back and realize that, that Fear the Walking Dead is not... It is doing something different than what The Walking Dead sure. does. And that, that's one of the things that I appreciate is that it's not – it is showing another so- – okay. If we think about zombie stories and the history of, of zombie, zombie lore, zombie lore yeah. 
Every single one has told us that zombies are dead. Every single one, mm-hmm. including The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. This really is the first time we've had something come at us with a different perspective. Something that's basically saying, well, what if they're not really dead? And so we can agree or disagree as to what the answer is, sure. but they're at least trying to posit an idea that maybe they're not dead. And mm-hmm. they're bringing a lot more religious aspects and a lot more uh, soulful type aspects and things to think about way more than the walking dead itself has required us to think because they pose all these questions and there's all these motivations and there's these, and and characters all have these different viewpoints. And at the end of the day, their viewpoints um, uh, by and large are neither completely right nor completely wrong. Mm -hmm. And there, there, there's, it's just put out there for us to, to as an audience, to kind of consume and think, what, what would we do in this situation? Sure. What, what is the right thing to do? And that, that's not something that The Walking Dead itself has ever really done. Well, yeah, I agree. They're, they're, they're trying to differentiate themselves from The Walking oh, Dead. Oh, when they are. Well, yeah, I, think I feel they are. They're doing a good job. And I think that the spiritual aspect, and there's so many different spiritual views, and people have their own worldview. And before nobody's really viewing it from the lens of their own worldview. And in this one, I feel like they're at least trying to, because it's early enough in the apocalypse. This mm-hmm. isn't the apocalypse, according to some of them that right. their, exactly. their worldview hasn't completely been changed. Right. And I think that eventually it will, if they live long enough and mm-hmm. get their head on straight, right. They'll realize like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a little nuts right now. I need to, I need to reevaluate. But that, I mean, that's just life in general. You think one thing until you realize that you maybe have, to process further and reevaluate. I mean, if you think about the title of the episode itself, you could go, well, they're going, I think a lot of people look at sh- uh, the word Shiva mm-hmm. uh, and think of the Hindu God, which is uh, the yeah. God of destruction. The, the one that um, uh, brings about change primarily in death and destruction yes. from a negative perspective, but from a positive perspective, it is also a change in ego. And it's a change that some of these things are these changes are necessary to get to uh to to good change right and so d- death and destruction is a a necessary part of that cycle yeah it's a life cycle but you could also look at it as the in Judaism the 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 act uh, or, or the, the actual literal Hebrew word Shiva, mm-hmm. which is the they have a ritual called sitting Shiva, and it is a ritual that they mourning they they mourn. It's a seven day period mm-hmm. uh, when you have a passing of a first degree uh, family. family member, which mm-hmm. would be uh, mother, father, uh, child. Uh, brother, sister, yeah, uh, I guess husband or wife as well. Sure. Um, and it was interesting because there's eight, there's eight main characters, mm-hmm. and so it's like the, in my mind, it's like, oh, okay, they're giving us hints that in this one's episode, gonna bite it. someone's going to eat it, and and well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Yeah, but they're uh, taking a page out of the Walking Dead's book on that one. Yeah, but but this episode was full of mourning. This episode was was, was so. I guess what I'm trying to say is that same word, two completely different perspectives. Yeah, different religions, different worldviews. Exactly, yeah. and 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 I think that you could also say that by the end of the episode, a lot of the characters are, are questioning questioning who the real monsters are, and and. 
are are some of them the destructive force? And I think you could even make the argument that are our main characters more the antagonists in this series more than any any other uh, characters that they come up against? And it, it's, yeah. it's 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 interesting. Well, I think that that's that's a view of perspective too, because like if you looked at if you were not one of the main characters, you would be an antagonist. Yeah. To, like they would, the main characters would be your antagonist. So like, it just depends on how you look at it and what point of view you have. What'd you think of this exchange with Daniel and strand? Uh, Daniel's like ple- basically pleading with him. Don't, don't bury him here. Right. This, this place is cursed. I think I thought it was really well. These two actors, I think, are excellent and they're they don't they haven't had enough exchanges lately but Mm-mm. daniel you're starting to see more and more that he's just losing it like yeah. something is getting to him that like this the whole the weight of everything that he's done losing his wife the things that he has to do now the world that he lives in is just starting to get to him and he's breaking and strand even asks him he's like what is wrong with you <laughs> what's, what's going on with you he's like don't bury him here yeah and just don't do it you know, Strand, to his credit, sticks to what he believes because he's like, if I believed it, I'd be with him. I'd be with Thomas if I believed any of what they're saying. So th- I'm fine. Mm. I'm good with burying him here. I'm doing it to honor him. This voodoo or whatever religion you think you believe in, I don't agree. I didn't care for the Nick shower scene by the pool because he's washing that blood off. I'm like why did that blood wash off the white shirt so easily? Come on. Did he use OxyClean? <laughs> is that what he's doing? Walker Walker blood <laughs> is much easier to clean than real blood. It was, it, that was just all OxyClean. It was a bleach shower. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, Nick used a whole can of Neverwet. Exactly. Before he went out there. But then, but then after but the then shower, the blood wouldn't stick on After it. the shower, he takes the shirt off and changes it. I know. It's I don't, so great. I, what, are so we, great. what are we doing? What did you think of their discussion, though? Um, I think he had some valid points. Okay. Um, I understand where Net Madison is coming from. She, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Madison. She, um, she is a tough nut to crack. She is. She, I think she's got her walls way, way, way up, way up. And, and he's, you can already see the cracks. He, he's, he's done with it. He, he understands where Celia's coming from and he's like, you know, mom, you, you should understand this as well. You know, this is a mom that wants to go after her son and wants to, to, to protect him. Now she might be a little, Celia might be a little goofy in her thought that, you know, he's not dead, but sure. Uh, but Nick, Nick's, I think Nick sees with clarity, whether he's right or not, he, he sees, he sees clearly and he's not, conflicted like everyone else mm-hmm. i mean i think okay let me take a step back i think he's a little conflicted as to whether or not his family are good people or not uh and and ultimately makes a decision sure. uh, to not yeah, be part of that but i think he sees i think he sees the world clearer than anyone else and i think he's going a little crazy but i don't i don't think he's what am i trying to say he's not He's not belaboring the point. He's not letting any of his emotions get in the way of his decision-making or his thought process. Even though his thought process may be a little goofy, he's making it with with clarity. Right. I I, I get what you're saying. And then 
when Madison goes and talks to Strand about him later, and she says, you know, he's an impressionable young man, an addict, and he gets here and Celia with her home cooking and whatever religion kind of got her hooks in him. I could see how maybe that could work over a longer period of time, but they've talked for like 20 minutes total on the show that we've seen. So I mean, he's questioning things before, but it's like a whole introduction to a new thought process and a new way of believing and hadn't thought that they were, he never thought they were not dead before. So one person tells you that and all of a sudden you're convinced that, Oh yeah, they're not dead. They use their name. They're still people and all. And yeah. I see it as a tumbler that clicked into place is the way mm. I view it. And, uh, the the only reason that I buy it is because I've seen people do it. I've mm-hmm. seen people that latch on to people that they just met mm-hmm. because that person sees through all the bullshit and connects with them at a level that they've been thirsting and hungering for. Someone that they feel gets them, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. They they feel some sort of connection, and it's almost like they were. Uh, there, there is such a thing as fast friends. There is such a thing sure. as. I mean, it's it's no different than someone you know, some sort of like look. It's not a great analogy, but I've seen this as well. The whole love at first sight, role in romance, where people meet and within a few hours, they feel like they've known each other mm-hmm. for their whole life and they have this deep connection. And I, I think there's some there's something to that at times. And I've seen that firsthand. I've never really experienced, experienced it that. because that's not the type of person that I am. Sure. I have too many questions. Well, and-, and I, too, would say, hey – Whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes. I've only known you for a couple of days. Why would I believe you over right. someone else? But I've seen it happen. I've seen other people do it. And so it's believ- that's believable to me. Mm, yeah. I f- it feels, and, and I think that's the whole, my whole big complaint with this episode is I feel like I, li- I like where they're going with it. I like the end result. Mm-hmm. I really think they were a little too ham-fisted and a little too, they could have taken more time to get there. And I felt like they got in a hurry to tell us the story because they wanted to show us something cool. And the whole point of this series is to show us something different and take your time doing it. Mm. And I felt like they just rushed through it. Mm. And I felt like if they'd have taken more time, spent a little more, like they could have, like this could have been the season finale. And I would have been fine with that. Like, Hmm. let's spend five, six more episodes telling the story, getting to where you are now. I would have enjoyed it better. You sure you just didn't want to have more screen time, a strand with no shirt on? (laughs) Well, I mean, I did did care for that. That is a no-brainer. Yeah. (laughs) But... I mean, but that was my main beef with it. It's like, like this, the series is set up to be something different from The Walking Dead. And I feel like they're not taking the time and doing it the justice that they could. That's, mm. That was kind of my issue with this episode. I can understand that. As a whole. I can understand Like, that. Like I said, I like the end result. I like where they are now at the end of the episode and set up for next, for the next half of the season. Mm-hmm. But I just, while I was watching, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, what? This is this is so quick. This is so quick. This is all of a sudden. Why are we doing this? Hmm. So that that was my biggest issue hmm. with the episode. Okay, that's fair. No, I can see that. Yeah. Um. It it was fine by me. I mean, I, yeah. It it felt based on if I go back to where they started mm-hmm. last season, and I was just thinking of all you know where these characters are coming from. This all, all of this, while I'll, I won't disagree with you, a lot of, a lot of shit happened in a short amount of time. Oh yeah, quick. But it was conceivable to me 
Okay. Based on what they've set up before. Okay. And that's fair. You know, to, to me, you know, okay. Some could say that they borrow things from the walking dead. You could say the whole Herschel thing was Celia. Same, but different. Sure. The destruction of their sanctuary, same, but different. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and to me, that gives more emotional weight and impact to the fact that you've been, first of all, you've been told by this guy, Strand, this whole, it was a ruse to get you there. I mean, if you really think about it, it was, it was not, yes, it was for sanctuary, but really it was, it was the reuniting of two lovers as opposed to we're, we have a place to go be safe. It's like, no, I'm being reunited with a person that I love and I, and it's a love story. So I, I'm fine. I'm fine with that, but that was kept from them. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, part of me would say that, you know, they would have been more cooperative if he'd just been a little more open and honest about why he was going there. Sure. You know, I mean, if if you think about it, absolutely. Uh, but that's strand. Mm-hmm. And so they get there and uh, it's like, okay, cool. Oh, this is, this is going to work. Nope. Nope. And, <laughs> well, I mean, and it took some of them a little bit to figure it out, but yeah. Daniel knew right away. Oh, yeah. Daniel knew right away. And then when they were like, give us your weapon. Then he's like, oh, no, 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 this is not how this is going to work. But Madison flat out told, told her kids like, you need to get this in your head. Oh, these people, these people our, yeah. are not our friends. And, uh, you know, I think she's right. I mean, yeah. it, it, being there is dangerous. And, and even though Nick was kind of trying to uh, bridge the gap and, and, and stand up for them and, and he, you know, Celia said, hey, you'll be accountable for them if I let them stay. Sure. Uh, you, you, know, you know, I'm thinking, dude, in the back of your mind, you should be going, you know, this is going to work. Because if it's all on you, if it's all on one person and uh, someone messes up and you're held accountable for it, you know that. Explode that out. That's not going to work in the long run, right? You know, you really that you should really think through. Absolutely, if you're making should. a deal like that. That's deals like that never work. <laughs> they on. don't. Come on, they don't. That's just not how this works. Yeah, and, and we've seen before. I mean, we have with The Walking Dead, like being a new person in a community that's already kind of established. Yeah, you're, you're never fully no. accepted. No, you're never really. You should. You always have to be on guard, and, and it take would take a long, long, long time. Unless you're a badass that right. has a skill set that is sorely lacking, and even then, right, you, your acceptance is not going to be full. Right. If you immediately, co- you have to come in and take over and basically be like, all right, we're in charge. Yeah. And so yeah. then it's your group in charge. You're still not quite a member of the new group. But even then, whatever remnant is left behind is not going to trust you. And no, so they're going to try it, to kill you. Exactly. And then you're going to get eaten. What you going to you going to kill me? <laughs> and Daryl? Michonne? Michonne? <laughs> really? <sighs> yeah, I agree with you. Like it Yeah, I I could see why they'd feel what they feel and like it would be overwhelming. It would be overwhelming to think that you finally found a safe place and then realize pretty quickly, oh, this isn't the answer. This is not going to work. We have to go again. And so, and they're they're delaying it. They don't want to. No, because think about it. It, it, You you leave your home Mm -hmm. the first season. You leave your home. Now you have this hope. 
that you're going to find a safe haven. And you go through all that shit to get there. And you, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get some rest. Right. Nope. Nope. That's taken from you. And that's mentally exhausting. That's spiritually exhausting, emotionally exhausting. Uh, it would break you if you're not careful. And I think that's what part of the overarching problems everyone's experiencing. And then they break off into factions later. And which was, again, it, it makes sense. Sure. It makes sense to me. Um, and, and I really, I'm really excited for the second half of the season because I, ha- again, I have no idea what they're going to do with this. I am excited for and the second like, half of the season for sure. And in, at the end of this episode, you're like, what, 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 what is going to happen with this? Mm-hmm. How, did, did, did all the, I guess all the women felt safe, uh, uh go, with, going with a gay guy. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't, apparently, apparently. oh, he poses no threat. Uh, you know, right. I know. Um, uh, I totally understand where Travis is coming from. And I think he was right in what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause there's no way you could take that fool back. No way. No, no way you right. can take him back. Now I'm we're not there yet, but I want to ask this question. Shoot. One of your sons comes at you mm-hmm. the way that Chris came at Travis. What, try to stab me? What do you do? Oh. How do you handle that? See, that's a difficult... It depends on how old they are. Yeah. Um, Agreed. If they're <laughs> kids over 18, he's going he's gonna to fall into a beating. Yeah, yeah. Well, for, for me, I have four children. Yeah. One of them comes at me like that. Yeah. You know, I got three left. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would get the knife, but Travis could have murdered him. He could have murdered. Tra- his he own tried father. to kill he, him. His intent was to, to bring kill him. him. Harm. Yes, yes, I agree. And then Travis, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure who he is. And I think he's, he's trying to figure that <laughs> he out too. Knows who he is. Because it's like, are you this like useful member of the party who can fix things? Are you this whiny bitch that doesn't know what you want? Doesn't know who to stick. It's just confusing. Well, and it, it, there's this wedge that continues to get driven for driving him and Madison and the family apart. Sure. And, and and Chris is a both sides. Yes. Both sides. Because you can see Madison when she's like, we were waiting for Travis to come back. And they're like, what if he doesn't? You can tell she's like, well, we're still going. Even <laughs> oh, if he well, doesn't he'll come, come back. back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I think she's partly to blame for that because honestly, you know, uh, let's not forget. Yes, Travis and Madison are having problems, but then so are uh, Nick and Madison. Oh, yeah. And honestly, think about first the first season when Nick was in trouble. Who did he call? Yeah, Travis. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want his mom there. Right. Because he knew she would do what she always does, which is belittle him and treat him like he's a child. Right. And I got to tell you, that shit gets old quick. Well, yeah, I can imagine that <laughs> would get old. So, and the, and that's one of Nick's big issues with her in this episode. She's like, I cannot, he's, well, that was a weird monologue. I didn't like that monologue where he's like, I can't talk to you when you're like this. And she's like, I'm just trying to understand what's going on. Well, yeah. I kind of get where he's coming sure. from. Sure. Because a lot of times as parents, we know better yes. than you'll ever know. Yeah. But our children and other adults sometimes just need us to listen and be heard. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's 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 mind boggling that a counselor 
Madison is a counselor and she can't handle her own child, yeah. which, which you know, makes sense because yeah. most counselors don't do well with their own. Fa- well, I shouldn't say that. Well, but I mean, but I, I mean, think <laughs> if you look at his his history, <laughs> yeah, she you knows she has a large body of work to base her opinions on. Do you think she got into counseling because she's like, well, I can't help my own child. Maybe I can help someone else. I mean, that could be a big part of it <laughs> for sure. Like, you know, I've lost this one. Let me help another one. Right. But I, she doesn't really listen to him. Well, she really doesn't. It's hard to listen to someone when you think that like, like that's really a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what and I think she's mostly worried about. I'm like, you were going out there into this world, walking among these things that are dead, that are <laughs> monsters. But he can't die. That, they can't hurt I'm invisible. Me. I'm invisible. <laughs> I, I'm one of them. I walk among them. Okay, dude. A little crazy. <laughs> and I think she did as best as she could to be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. You know? It's like Travis and Madison are polar opposites in that area. Travis seeks to understand and is willing to listen, sure. which is why I think he's connected with Nick better than Madison is. Because Madison, she's already got her mind made up. Sure. I don't need to hear what you have to say because you're wrong. Yes. yes. <laughs> Let me tell you why. <laughs> Um, some would say, okay, so Nick, he finds Travis. He does. And, uh, and I want to know, okay, that's one of my questions mm-hmm. is if Nick believes that these people aren't dead mm-hmm. and killing, killing them and wrong. Well, of course he's walking around with a knife. So yeah. I'm thinking he's, I don't know that that sometimes doesn't quite wash is like, okay, if you're, if you're, if you were to be completely buying into what Celia was saying, you wouldn't take out another walker. But yet here you are covered in goo. Where are you getting that from? Yeah, I'm sure. So that tells me that he doesn't completely buy into it just yet. Right. Or that he's found one that's already dead. And he's just just, got a bucket of goo. He's he's like, this one was already dead. So I decided. This is one of the parishioners. Right. They're not. Those people weren't real. Yeah. They're already dead. I've already (laughs) crushed their skull so I can take their blood. It's fine. It's fine to desecrate a corpse, you know. Is it? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Well, we'll do that after we get done here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think that's true. But Nick, that's what I'm saying. Like Nick's like, oh, it's fine for me to desecrate this corpse that you've already killed. But mm-hmm. if it was, if it was still moving, can't kill it. I think you could make an arg or try to make an argument that Travis shouldn't have said, l- lie to her and tell her that you didn't find us. Sure. But let's think about this for a second. He didn't have it. Actually, Nick and he did not have the information that they were in, in real danger yet. Yeah, because Nick was still under the assumption that he had he had paid the price or made the way for them to be able to stay there. He was sure. still under that assumption, and so when Travis left to go after Chris, he was also under the assumption that they, were uh, that they would be able uh, to stay. Yeah, and so that would make his decision to not go back easier. I think. Sure. Because he knew that they would be safe. And he also knew that he couldn't take Chris back with him. Mm -hmm. But if he knew that they had to leave, then his decision would have been absolutely wrong. You don't want to leave your family uh, in danger. But he didn't didn't know they would be in danger. Yeah. And neither did Nick. Or Nick would have given him that information. I think Nick did what he did because of that he knows – he understands. Mm-hmm. He understands what Travis needs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also, I think he gives him that respect because Travis has always shown him 
uh, respect and has always listened and wanted to help him. Mm-hmm. And so Nick was willing to go back and basically lie on his behalf, which, of course, I don't agree with. But lying is never the answer. No, um, I think I it mean, was just what harm. I, Travis just trying to make everybody happy again. Yeah, and and again, I think I think that's the stuff that gets you in trouble. Sure, just be honest. You messed up as a father. I done messed up. Your your son. Okay, at some point. That your children need to be held accountable for their actions because they they're old enough to make they're their old decisions. enough yeah yes. and 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 little Macaulay Calkin here you know <laughs> uh, uh, give me Elijah Wood every day of the week yeah well uh, I would I would ooh. Uh, Chris is not the good he is not the, the good, good son. son he is mm. not the good son at all what a creepy movie that's a fantastic movie oh yeah it's good um, creepy I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I mean, really. Me I mean, really. Let's 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 not split hairs. If here. The Walking Dead has taught us anything. <laughs> like he's got to go. He's got to go. Uh, but again, it's Travis thinking. You know, hey, I, I I need to do right by Chris, but I also need to do right by the rest of the family. Right. But but let's not lie on top of it. Just say, tell them I can't come back until Chris has worked some stuff out. Right. Chris is and it's a, in everyone's best right. interest. Chris is a danger to everybody right and, now. And honestly, I think that would have maybe helped rebuild that connection with Madison and Alicia because basically you're admitting to, I agree with you. You were right. He is a little crazy and he's not to be trusted he's around dangerous. you. But by lying, you're protecting him. You're protecting yourself mm-hmm. and you're not doing them any good. Mm-hmm. Lies, lies don't fix yeah. anything lies ever. Lies. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't agree with that, but I think that's going to come back and bite him in the ass. Sure. Absolutely. It is. So. It, absolutely. It is. So we'll see what happens. So, and then with Daniel, yeah, yeah, tell me more about Daniel, because he, I think you had, had said that you felt that his spiral was too quick. I did. Okay. I did like, he's got inner demons, had inner demons his whole life. And now he's finally being forced to face them. Maybe now that he's reached this place, mm-hmm. maybe you see hints of him on the boat and things like that, but he goes from, um, like he, he has to get out of there so bad to, that he's going to take Ophelia out of a place where she's safe, kind of a little bit into, I mean, he doesn't think that it's a safe place, but no. he has no weapons and he's going to go out and credit card. He had the sharpened credit sharpened card. Sharpened credit card. He's going to go out <laughs> into the world and try to save her. And then... A little, little MacGyver action for you there. Sure. I'm doing that tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to say... I mean, he nearly took that dude's eye yeah. out. Oh, dude. So, but then he his conversation with Griselda, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. good. And it's just a little self-reflection. And maybe that's just him having it in his head. I don't know if he's actually speaking out loud. Well, let's let's television. not forget how he got tied up is he was trying to take Ophelia to go talk to... Griselda at the gate. So that, and mm, she looked at him like, mm, no, no, papi. Pa- Papa, no, what, what's wrong? Papa? No. What's wrong? It's just not okay. Yeah. And I enjoyed his backstory. Yes. More of his backstory, I think, is good, which is one of the reasons that I'm sad that if he did die. Oh, like, I don't think he did. Yeah. Well, you know, I think as Walking Dead fans, we don't trust anybody dying uh, until we see a body now. Oh, yeah. He, well, everybody's like, ah, Daniel's fine. He rolled under a dumpster. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> No, after the whole Glenn fiasco, weren't exactly. No, show me the body <laughs> until I show see a body. Show me or, the body, or them as a walker. <laughs> negative, but his little coup de gras at the end, where he goes down and he sets everything on fire. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like something that he would do. Mm. 
because one, it would put all of the people that he cared about in as much danger as the people he didn't care about. Like just to rid themselves of the walkers that were there and that were a danger seems, it seems overkill. And mm. the fact that other people could come to harm would not, not something that he would do, I don't think. Well, my opinion is that I've been trying to tell you people that we cannot stay here. This place is not okay. Sure. It is cursed. Oh, are we not going to listen to me? Then guess what I'm going to do? Right. I'm going to force us all to get out of here. And in the process, I'm going to get rid of this threat. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that he's not aware of where Ophelia is, where Madison, where any of them are. They could have been... Ophelia has him locked up. How does he not know that, I mean, not Ophelia, Celia has him locked up. How does he not know that she has them locked up too? Or how does he know they're off the property? Like, it's just like, I'm going to go burn this whole mother down and whatever happens, happens. And it's just not the forethought that he would normally give to something. So I could agree with that. Yeah. And then I feel like it really cheapened this scene. Oh, oh! So the emotional impact of Madison locking Celia in with the Walkers, yeah. being a stone cold killer, right? Which was essentially was what she's awesome. Doing. Seeing her go, go take that step all the way, we mm-hmm. weren't sure if she, well, we we knew she could. That was not a question, <laughs> but seeing her actually do it, mm-hmm. and then Celia kind of accepting it when when she's like, "What would you oh, not yeah. do for your kid?" Uh, yeah, I would kill for my kid, absolutely. Chink, chink, click. Have fun. I love the I love the way that Celia played that though. She was like, "Oh, huh, it's all good. I'm good." Yeah, I was like, she like accepted it like that. There's like maybe a half a second where she's like, "Oh, maybe I'm gonna do that's fine because that's fine. if because if I'm a believer, then then I need to eat my own dog food." Yeah, absolutely. You know. If I think that these are my kids, then they have some sort yeah. of recognition. If I'm going to espouse this belief, right? Then I better stick to my guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that. Yeah, she showed conviction. But that scene, I thought was, I liked what Madison did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she. So, so what Daniel did then cheapened it in your mind. Because, I think so because uh, that became what an easy way out for. So we didn't see Celia's we body either, no, we and, didn't. and you didn't see any signs of maybe a body on the floor or no. something where she got they torn apart still eating their pig or dog whatever, whatever it was yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i don't i don't i mean just like, i don't think either of them are dead i don't either you know i really don't i think celia she would have another way out of that room there would be another way out oh, for yeah. sure or, you know, if they're so distracted. It was I think a, there's a sewer drain. Yeah, well, there's something. Probably slide on down yeah. there. And then she, she's been there so long, she would have another way out of the room, just in case something mm-hmm. like that happened. You're going to have a contingency plan. She doesn't seem foolish enough to not have a way out of her own. For for someone that's going to poison people with communion wafers. Right, and they die quick. Mm. Yeah, no, I think she had a way out. Okay. What did you think of Daniel's motivation for what for he... Bur- yeah. Um, I, I think that it's something that we're not, I don't know. I just can't fully understand why he would. I think, I think you're right in the sense that on the surface, 
it appears as though it is a rash decision, but it's clear that he was not in his right mind. Sure. Um, I mean, can we trust someone that is actually talking to their dead wife to, to, to make clear decisions? Probably to not. make logical decisions. That's why they took that away from Rick, because he was talking to her on the phone. Yeah, but then he came back from that. And see, I think Daniel's going to come back. And I think the way that that scene was shot when he lit the fire is foreshadowing, because you see him standing over that fire. Mm-hmm. And you'll see it here in just a second. You see the reflection of the fire in his eyes. Yes. And I think that's exactly the message they want to convey, is that he's going to come back. With a renewed focus, focus, and he's going to be even more badass than he was before mm-hmm. because he has that fire in his eyes. Sure, and I think this was the start of it. He's like, no, enough of this bullshit. Wait, it's like Shane. Like I'm done with this. Yeah, I am done with this. <laughs> Open the door. Let's kill these people. Exactly. Yeah, and so I think that I think that was his motivation. And I think also w- when he sees them as people, like they transform. Oh, they transform into, that Walker was, into that people. Was crazy. I think he's seeing them as like, I need to put these people to rest. These people are not able to rest. Mm-hmm. And w- which is why he feels guilty about not burying his wife. Like he believes that these people need to either be burned or buried and have a proper send off mm-hmm. into the next world. And keeping them here is an abomination. It's not doing them justice. Yeah. So that was cool. I thought, but just uh, <laughs> didn't even care. I was hallucinating seeing my wife. I'm going to light this on fire and let's just burn. Burn. Some people just want to watch the world burn. The fire rises. <laughs> Have we started a fire? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, brother. One of us must stay behind. It's just, uh, uh, you know, this series is making just, it, it, it makes you ask so many questions. Yes. Um, and almost feel like it is if it's a more adult version of The Walking Dead in the sense that it gives you these different perspectives as Mm -hmm. opposed to this is the way it is and this is what we're going to do. And yeah, it might be crazy, but damn it, this is what's going to happen as opposed to there's all kinds of questions happening here. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's so early in the apocalypse, if you will. But well, you're gonna. I think it's doing a good job of saying, like, "Hey, these are the people that are going to survive, that are going to make it to the next level." One of the things I realized is that, you know, Strand, his character hasn't changed. No, but what has changed is our understanding of him. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing to think about as well. Well, I loved just like he waved to Alicia because Alicia waved yeah. at him. That was a tender moment. Yeah. And then when he sees the fire, he comes back. He comes back, which that brings me to a question. How to get back in the compound? He knew the gate code. Oh, did he? Yeah. That's okay. how we got in the first that, time. That, oh, did he have a clicker? No, no. They have like a little keypad at oh, the okay. gate. And since everybody was preoccupied, he just bloop, 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 back in. Do you think it's a key? Do you think it's like a biometric? No. Or is it an old-fashioned keypad? It looked like an old-fashioned, like, you know, like 1733 or whatever. I think they would at least have an RFID. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, you'd have to have a card. I don't have to punch no buttons in. Just, Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Why Hmm. not? Okay. Nick and Madison's little 
She should have led with some different information, I think. She should have. And when he <laughs> asked questions, like, what happened to Celia? I don't know. She could be dead. She, she doesn't know. But then Nick basically accuses her of burning the thing down. And she can be like... She could have said Daniel started this fire. Or so, I well, didn't start the fire. Maybe she didn't know Daniel yeah, did it. But she knows she didn't. She knows she didn't. Yeah. And so Nick runs away into the herd where Madison's not going to follow. And so she left with no choice but to go with Strand, Alicia, and Ophelia. Well, when people go too far out into the ocean and they're in danger, you can't follow them out or you'll be swept under as well. That's the truth. Hmm. There are times, yeah, when people get Water's too far. too deep. Yeah. When I people, can't follow you there. Yeah. So Heavy. what do you think? <laughs> so like I said, I like, I like the end now. I like where we are. We're out of Celia's place. Mm-hmm. The group is split up. People are asking questions. That's fine. Nick is, Nick can't die. He's invisible. <laughs> and whatever Travis and Chris are going to do. Right. Um, I don't... I, I was, Okay, so Strand and the girls are going to go see if the boat's still viable. Do you think they're going to go back to the boat? Well, that was part of the plan. Well, do you think they'll go back if to the, the boat still exists without the others? Yes. You think they will? Yes. Do you think they'll leave? I think you have to. You think they'll leave them there on the shore and they'll go on the boat somewhere else? Well, I mean, as as far as Travis and Chris go, if if they were nowhere to be found and they didn't come back, mm-hmm. too much time has passed. Mm-hmm. You think they're dead? Like I think you have to make the assumption. Mm. So do you, that, and that was one of my questions. And like, Nick made his choice. So <laughs> Strand and the girls, they get to the boat. The boat's viable. They're gonna go. I think you go. I but see. Where I do you go? I don't think I don't see Alicia leaving. I think Madison, and I'm not sure I see Madison leaving. Like I think she'd be like, we have to look for a little while to see where they are. We can't just leave because the threat of Celia and them are gone. So like we, this will be like our base and we'll do like little shore excursions and try to Maybe. find them because I don't know, like that would, that would really kind of surprise me if the four of them left without the other three, I, I would expect to see them at least look for them. Yeah. Well, we've really explored in this season, this con, and this is something producer Gail Ann Hurd even talked about. And this is something that, uh, I hadn't given too much thought to, but I, I as soon as she said it, it's like, that makes a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to continue to explore that in the second half of the season is this concept of blood versus bond. Yeah. And it really hits home because you're, are you sticking with the people you're sticking with because they're family and you have that blood relation or are you forming bonds with people that aren't blood related but you have a you 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 develop a connection. You connect with them on some level, and that these are the people that you want to align your uh, align yourself with to survive this madness. Sure. And I, I think there's a lot going on with this concept because they they brilliantly put this family together that's blended, and even within this family, the concept of blood versus bond is, uh, is blood, blood versus bond would be a point of contention, even if there wasn't a zombie apocalypse because mm-hmm. you're blending a family you've got uh, you've got uh two set you, you've got two different families you're trying to put together and so you know there there there's kids that don't have blood relation to each mm-hmm. other but then 
they share this common bond of being stepsisters and stepbrothers and things like that. And so I'd like to see that explored more because it, it, there, you can, you can do that at, at a macro level and at a micro level. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out sure. and how that then affects the next people they meet. And, who's going to be next that they mean? I don't know. I mean, is it the second half of the season just going to be them? No, I can't, I can't believe that there's got to be, you you would think there'd be some sort of villain. That's, Uh, I think that's something that's lacking. I don't know how that's going to work. Cause the thought at the beginning of the season of like piracy and like pirates trying to take over their ship and a threat from people on the ocean Mm -hmm. was really exciting to me. It was something I wish they would have explored a little more. But the lack of an overall villain, something you're fighting against, like we've known for a while that walkers aren't that big of a threat. You, people, we can handle them. Once you get to a certain point, they're handleable. They, you can handle them unless yeah. they're in a ginormous herd that's going to overrun you. Okay, so people are the threat. So now that we've split apart, is there going to be something that drives them back together? Are they going to run into each other in like a terminus kind of setting where they're Mm. all kind of going like, oh, let's go here. And then, oh, wait, these people are going to try to harvest our blood and eat us. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm excited to see something like that. I don't want it to be exactly the same as The Walking Dead, but I feel like they, they need something to drive them. And I don't know that they have it right now. Now that their sanctuary is gone, I'm interested to see what is going to motivate them to do whatever they do. Well, I don't think the threat of the pirates is gone sure. completely. Yeah, now that they're going back to the boat. I think I think we, at least I hope, that whoever, uh, what was his name, Connor, yeah, was associated with is still out there and maybe looking for them. Because we still know that there was that one boat that was shot up by the 50 caliber. Right at least uh, weapon. Yeah. And so there's somebody out there that's got some significant firepower that we have not seen yet. Right. And so even if Celia isn't dead, what further threat could she pose? I, I don't know. It's yeah. just an ideo- ideology more than anything else. Yeah. If she um, doesn't have people doing the work for her. Yeah. You know, but then how badass would it be if, Say one of one of the original cast members becomes a big bad, sure, you know. And what if further down the road, because Nick is acting a lot like someone that would have been part of the Whisperers? Yes. What if, if he starts the Whisperers further down the road? He yeah. What if? And what would, would, well, wouldn't that wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't he'd have to be Beta or something? Couldn't yeah, be couldn't be Alpha. No, Beta's crazy as fuck though be interesting yeah well i'm i mean like i said like i didn't i didn't enjoy the episode i i feel like it it let me down a little bit i'm happy with where they are and i'm still excited i'm more excited for the second half of the season mm-hmm. so I, i'm gonna keep watching it for sure like i'm i'm excited to see where they go now I feel like oh finally we've got the crap out of the way let's move on to the good stuff and maybe my position is more of where they ended up yeah, I'm as happy with it as, as opposed to to the 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 journey itself. But again, I didn't mind a lot yeah, of the things that happened. Um, and you're allowed not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a lot more forgiving, apparently. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know that anybody's ever said that. <laughs> not about me. No, no, no. <laughs> not ever. No way. No, not not ever. Not ever. Not ever. Not Get my ch- with that garbage. Not, not my chair. Not my problem. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, we'll I see mean, what happens. I'm I'm not sad that we're taking a break from it for a little bit because I'm pretty stoked about what's going to be in between. Yeah, and uh, what's in between is Preacher. Preacher. So Fear, Fear the Walking Dead comes back August 21st. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming all 10 episodes of Preacher will be aired between now and the um, yes. mid-season premiere. Yes. Um, I think I believe uh, that is the, the plan. Yeah. They threw an audible on us uh, this week. But. Yeah, I had no idea that the second episode of Preacher wouldn't be until June. Yeah, that wasn't uh, the original plan. The, the original fifth. plan, the original plan yeah, wasn't fifth. for them to both the premiere and finale to be on yeah. the same night. Uh, so we are we will be doing coverage of Preacher now. Yeah, you a little, little different, you know, a little, little change here. You need to be aware of mm-hmm. the first the coverage of the first episode, the pilot of Preacher. Will be released on the main our main feed, the Nthcast. So mm-hmm. make sure you subscribe to that. That's nthcast.com slash iTunes. Mm-hmm. You're gonna want to do that because we're gonna release that coverage there first, mm-hmm. and then we will re-release it on Fear the Nthcast on our normally scheduled time so that we 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 stay in sync with our schedule. So weekly weekly schedule helps us. Absolutely. So that's why we're doing that. <laughs> so uh the pilot of Preacher is gonna be next week. Yes. They're reshowing it. And so that again, we'll publish that on that feed. But if you want to hear it before then, you can get it on the Nthcast. Again, that's nthcast.com slash iTunes or go to Stitcher, go to iTunes, just search Nthcast, you'll find it. Wherever you get your podcast. It's going to be tremendous. Yeah, it will. I guarantee it. Or your money back. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay twice what you paid for it. It's been fun to reread uh, the comic. And, and there's and some things wa- you forgot. Yeah, and for then I'm like, sure. there's no way. This is ever making it on this on on TV? No yeah. way. Maybe they'll do some of it off screen, and, but you're like, oh, but they can't do that off screen either because when they pan over, you'd be like, whoa, yeah. So we want to hear your thoughts on this mid season finale of Fear we the sure Walking do. Dead. We obviously had different opinions. Mm-hmm. We want to hear your opinions. Hit us up on Twitter at Fear Nthcast or shoot us an email Fear at nthcast.com and uh, stick with us as we do preacher. Uh, if you've never experienced it, never read the comic, I think you're in for a treat. We've seen it already. It was fantastic. It I sure really was. enjoyed it. Make sure you check out our coverage on that and we will talk to you. Well, hopefully you'll, we'll be talking to you again next week, but if you, if we don't hear, if you don't give a crap about preacher, we'll be back August 21st for the mid-season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, make sure you fight the dead, but fear the Nthcast.